Hello and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. It is Wednesday, which means it's Proverbs time. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, we're somewhere around Proverbs 5. I know I jump around a bit and that's fine. You got to kind of go where the wind is blowing you sometimes, but I think I'm in Proverbs 5. And uh, so we're going to be looking at Proverbs 5 today. Uh, Proverbs 5 addresses the sun and is about avoiding sexual immorality, avoiding the adulteress and God's practical remedy for this kind of temptation. Proverbs uh, is about living wisely, and you can't actually live wisely unless you live wisely. It has to come out from your heart through your actions. And so Proverbs, in the initial nine chapters, the introductory chapters, these long poems, it kind of has three main objectives. Number one is to win our hearts to wisdom so that we want to become wise. And number two is to train us to avoid the pitfall of um, cheap money. And number three, to avoid the pitfall of easy sex. That's really true. These are the main goals. The first is to win our hearts to wisdom, to make us want to become wise. We can't become wise unless we want to. It's about hearts. It's about desires. And unless we desire the fear of the Lord, we'll never attain it. Unless we desire wisdom, unless we consider wisdom of greater worth than gold and rubies, we'll never attain it. And then from there, it tackles two main topics. Um, The avoidance of easy money, and the avoidance of easy sex. And chapter 5 is about the easy sex part, avoiding the adulteress. And so it goes through the consequences of it. I'm not going to read all of chapter 5. I'm just going to read the main focus, the main thing that the son is told to do. He's told not to go, uh, go to the adulteress, but what is he told to do instead? So this starts in verse 15. It says, drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for lack of discipline, and because of his great folly, he is led astray. If you live in North America, you know that sexual temptation is everywhere. It's big money, plus it's part of our culture of casting off restraints. And in the West, there is a major cultural push to also just reject Christianity, to tear down um, the historical influence of Christianity, and to just reject its teachings. It's, it's, It's just the reality. It's true. And so part of that rejecting of Christianity means doing um, the kind of sexual behavior that the Word of God says is not pleasing to the Lord, and you kind of do it in rebellion. And uh, so that's part of it. But this, the, the Word of God here is calling the Son to a life of wisdom with regards to his own sexuality. Now, I think it's really interesting when he starts to address the son about his sexuality, he refers to these sexual desires as water. He says, 
Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Why should your springs be scattered abroad and streams of water in the streets? Let them be for yourself alone. Let your fountain be blessed. And it's kind of mixing um, the source of the water in two senses. Number one, the source of the water is kind of like um, his marriage relationship to his wife is like finding a cistern or a well. It's like a place to have a, a thirst satisfied in, in a life-giving way. But also his desire for sexuality is meant to also um, be a kind of water so that, you know, if he's visiting adulteresses, he's throwing his water around. It's, it's, it's flowing out of him and it's flowing to him. So that imagery goes both ways. But the main idea is, um, you have a thirst, son, and God wants to give you a, a way of satisfying that thirst. That is a blessing to you. And her name is your wife's name. That's the idea. And so it's addressing uh, young men. If you don't have a wife yet, get a wife. That's what Solomon's saying here. And if you have a wife, guard your affections for her. Stir up your desire for her. And it even has this great line about always, it says, be intoxicated always in her love. That Hebrew word can either mean drunk or it can mean led astray. And so there's this kind of this play where it's saying, you know, if you're going to get led astray by a woman, if you're going to get seduced, get seduced by your wife. And so there's this call for like this interesting and um, intriguing sexual relationship with your wife. That's what Solomon's saying. You know, Solomon... Um, didn't totally walk this out in a great way. We know that he had way too many wives and too many concubines, but the Spirit of God speaking through him is calling him to call the young men to a better standard than he had. Have a wife and guard your um, sexual relationship and guard your desire for her. It says, let her... um, rejoice in the wife of your youth. So this is this is a calling by the help of God, by the grace of God, stir up your joy in your wife. Um, look at her, see her loveliness, see her beauty, see your your love for her. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. And it says, you know, let your, her breasts fill you at all times with delight. And so this is a real, you know, Solomon's getting into it. He's saying, be intrigued by her physical body and especially those parts of her that are sexually attractive. Love it. He's saying, he's saying, go for it. And then he says, be led astray by her. So he's, he's even kind of taking the son into the area of temptation. He's saying, you know what? You, you like the feeling of being tempted? Then get tempted by your wife. You like the intrigue of like sneaking around and, and, trying to make a secret illicit date happen, then make an illicit date happen with your wife, you know? Be seduced by your wife. Have an affair with your wife. He's saying he's saying all that kind of desire for uh, love and seeking and, and um, passion, do the work to see that happen in your marriage. And so, you know, if you've, if you've been married for a while, you know that th- that kind of the flame can die down. Yeah. Because we, I mean, life happens and and kids happen and tiredness happens and uh, busy weekends happen. Yeah, but he's saying, son, you are probably going to put a lot of effort 
into having your sexual desires met. And you can either put that effort into places that's going to kill you or places that's going to be like finding the, this most satisfying deep well in the middle of a desert when you're dying. So put in the effort with your wife. Put in the time with your wife. Delight in your wife. Praise your wife. Enjoy your wife. Be attracted to your wife. Be intoxicated by your wife. And live in relationship with her. Figure out how to do this in a way that is a blessing to her. Because you have these desires. You're thirsty. And God's gift to you in Proverbs is a wife. Proverbs speaks really, really highly of, of godly women and of marriage. It has a really, really high view of marriage. Um, it has a low view of foolish women. It has a low view of foolish men. It has a low view of women who are far more beautiful than they are wise. It has a low view of men who are far uh, more wicked than they are rich. Uh, or the other way around. Anyhow, this is what chapter 5 is about. That's all about addressing the sons, calling to him a life-giving sexuality, to enjoy the gift of sexuality by being in a relationship with your covenant wife where you are doing, by God's grace, the work of stirring up your flame of desire for her, the wife of your youth. Be blessed.